Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Have you ever wondered how inbred the Habsburgs really were? What women in the past used for birth control? Or what Queen Victoria's nine children got up to? On the History Tea Time podcast, I profile remarkable queens and LGBTQ plus royals, explore royal family trees, and delve into women's medical history and other fascinating topics. Join me every Tuesday for History Tea Time, wherever fine podcasts are enjoyed. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries, of curiosities, of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. So I, I punched Cat in the side of the head. But wait, before you get mad at me, let me explain. I haven't been sleeping well lately, and I think it's disturbing the depth of my sleep. Mm-hmm. And remember a couple of weeks ago, I was telling you about how I was flailing around uh, while I was asleep and knocked a lamp off the bedside table. Yeah, well, I was flailing around again last night. And punched Cat right in the side of the head. Yeah, I woke up at 3.30 this morning to getting punched in the side of the head. Oh, my God. It, a reenactment might have gone a little something like this. Ah, what the fuck? Something like that, yeah. It was like 3.30 in the morning, and uh, I was pretty much up for the day at that point. Yeah. I felt terrible. Mm-hmm. And then I had to go into work. Yeah. And and you went back to bed, and I was afraid to let you go back to sleep. Yeah. Because I was, you know, a concussion. Well, yeah, we went through the whole thing where um, I cried because I had just been punched in the side of the head. Mm-hmm. And then you just kept uh, grabbing onto my head and going, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It was awful. And then, yeah, and then you left, and I uh, went back to sleep. And then I got home, and uh, Kat decided that she was going to prank me Yeah, and got out uh, her makeup kit and painted on a huge bruise on the side of her face. Yep. And when I walked into the kitchen, she had a bag of frozen cauliflower up against the side of her head. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, that's awful. And I took it away, and then there was this big, horrible bruise. You just kept saying, oh, my God, oh, my God, over and over again. So Kat made me cry yep. on Christmas Eve. Yeah. yeah. It, I thought it would be a fun prank, but it turned out to be a reverse prank where I felt terrible. <laughs> so uh, my new term for the day is prank and maulin. Yeah. I don't know if that's a real thing, but uh, it I It is have, now. Yep. It certainly yep. is, yep. and that's going to be our new Christmas Eve tradition. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Prank and Mullen. I'm not looking forward to that at all. No. But you're okay, right? Fine. Okay, good. Lordy, 
I kept saying, I can't believe I marked you up. <laughs> Which I've never heard that term before. I loved it. Well, I'm not very violent, so. Not during the waking hours, at least. No. Apparently, sleepy Jethro is a violent man. I don't care for him much. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go first. Are we ready? Yes, please. Okay. Do you remember, I don't even remember how long ago it was, but I was telling you this story about uh, uh, a guy whose grandfather was in this 20-year feud with his neighbor, and they hated each other. Mm. And this went on for for two decades. And then when the guy's grandfather died, uh, in his will, he left $10,000 and a car and his golf clubs to his neighbor that he hated. And come to find out, they were really good buddies from the Army, but they carried on this 20-year prank. Frankenmollen. Yep. And they fooled everybody in the family, but they had actually been going out and playing golf together two or three times a week and had monthly poker games for years. I love it. But they pranked everybody. It wasn't until the uh, will was read. Can you imagine being there and being like, what now? (laughs) Why don't I under... What? What? So I thought we would explore wills that uh, were kind of unusual. Okay. Strange things that people wrote into their last will and testament. This is always fun. This comes from Reddit. Undead Kitten wrote, this is what my grandfather wrote, to my daughter Anne, who created my beautiful granddaughter Jane, and her dear fourth husband, John, who made the mistake of laying hands on my Jane, I leave you one dollar, you money-grubbing bastards. To Jane, I leave all of my monetary assets, save $5,000, and my best gun, which I leave to my son Bill on the condition that he beats John Bloody during the time between my funeral and my burial. Jane, bail your uncle out of jail, please. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's a <laughs> That's word for word. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you money-grubbing weasel. Headbanger Face Rip wrote, My grandpa gave me all of his tools, which sounds dumb. But uh, we're in the same trade, and it was a real life changer. It included a lift and his old shop truck, so I pretty much got everything to start my own shop but a building. A pretty good chunk of change, and his dog, Tanner. As long as I made sure his living girlfriend at the time got absolutely nothing at all, and that I told my uncle he was fat and his wife was going to leave him if she couldn't find his pecker. There's a lot of vindictive stuff in here. (laughs) This was literally scripted, and it was inside his will. Beautiful. Do you remember that uh, story that we heard of a woman who wanted her husband to change her his last name to his grandmother's last name because his grandmother had money and oh, his yeah. dad wasn't wealthy? Right. And so she wanted him to change his last name so that she would end up with money when, when the grandmother died. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That's amazing, right? Yeah. There's some real ass wipes in this world. <laughs> This one's great. This comes from uh, Fairy Floss Fairy. My grandmother had her boobs done when she was in her mid-60s. Nice. Nothing wrong with that, of course, but when she died, she wanted an open casket with her boobs on display. Really, Nana? She passed away at 80 and got exactly what she asked for. Granddad ended up sticking two strategically placed flowers on her boobs. Uh, So she got what she wanted, and so did Granddad. R.I.P. Granny, you silly bitch, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, if you're proud of it, why the heck not? It's an R-rated funeral. Well, I mean, was she not wearing clothes? No, her breasts were exposed. Entirely? Yes, except for two daisies. 
Oh. On her breasts. Oh, I thought maybe they were just like, you know, she was wearing a really good cleavage shirt or something. Nope, nope. They were right out there. Oh. Nana. Nice. <laughs> nice. But she wasn't the only one with some rigor mortis, am I right? Ooh, am I right? What? Yeah. what? Oh, I'm sorry. That was really inappropriate. Angelus Mortis 94 wrote, My great-grandfather had a pair of socks, and he only wore them on Christmas, and only with his family. They were hideous. He wore them for years. After he passed, we found that he left those socks to my uncle in his will and told him to carry on the tradition which my uncle has done. And I have been told, I'm next in line. That's precious. For the Christmas socks. I love it. What's-his-face boy wrote, I had a rich uncle. He was real crazy and not in a good way. When he died, he had no friends. So he left his entire estate to an Elvis impersonator. Just some random a Elvis? random Elvis impersonator. That's wonderful. Everything went... I love Elvis the idea that you could just be out there living your dream, doing the thing that you're passionate about, and then someone <laughs> just leaves you a bunch of money because they were a dick and nobody else liked them. And, <laughs> but they appreciated your art. That's right. I like that. You just never know. <laughs> RV14 guy writes, my grandpa put in his will that a chocolate bar be given to every one of his grandkids. And I have like 12 cousins, and it was very difficult to track them down. A couple of them, it took a long time. All the estates and money he had in his will were at a standstill for months because they couldn't find two of the cousins. We, we had to show the court that we put in effort to hire somebody to track them down for chocolate bars. The lawyer that was, help, that was helping execute the will was blown away that another lawyer allowed this and why he didn't highly suggest Grandpa not do it. But I'm not complaining. I got a sweet Toblerone out of the deal. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. That's great. That's <laughs> such a weird thing to do, but all right. This really makes me want to strategize and fine-tune my last will. Mm. Ours are pretty boring. Yeah, it's pretty boring. I want something really weird. Like, maybe not quite as outrageous as Hunter S. Thompson, who had his ashes fired out of a cannon although i love that i idea. know you do we've talked about that if we do use a cannon it won't be my ashes it'll be my cadaver Should right freeze my... it first see what happens Ooh, yeah i like where this is going yeah it 100 percent will not happen <laughs> lena christina writes <laughs> family friends did this they had a net worth in seven figures and two children they left everything to their daughter and one dollar to their son quote for reasons known to him He'd been estranged, I guess, from the family for a while. That way, their daughter wouldn't be caught up in any kind of legal battle by naming their son in the will and leaving him, quote, some money he couldn't claim he was omitted by error. This was apparently some good advice they got from an attorney. I wonder what that was all about. I, I don't know. I'm curious. I really would love to know some of the deets on, mm. on all of this. Absolutely. Tiffy Jenk writes, uh, My grandma's will literally says that one daughter is to get nothing that it is her intent to leave her nothing, and that it is her wish that the daughter not be informed of her death until after she has been buried. 
Half of her will is just language ensuring that everyone knows that she is intentionally leaving that daughter nothing and that she is not able to contest the decision. Wow. There's a great example of something that I would really like to hear the backstory on. For sure. Guard Dog wrote, my great uncle's official will gave the contents of his outhouse to the city council of a nearby town (laughs) after they tried to take his land twice to build a new water treatment plant. He spent quite a few years fighting eminent domain claims and just wanted to give them something in return. Wow. Um, Of course, that was not delivered for biohazard reasons. But as a joke, the kids boxed boxed up all the books and magazines in the outhouse and dropped them off at City Hall. (laughs) And finally, um, my grandmother left most of her money to a local donkey sanctuary. Yay! That's kind of cool. That's wonderful. Unless, you know, you were expecting that you would be named as an heir and your money went to a donkey sanctuary. I think that a couple things uh, are wrong with what you just said. One, uh, you said your money, and that's not the, I mean, never count on money that is not yours being suddenly yours. That's true. But assuming that that is your point of view. Hey, wait, that was my money. See, then, you know, you're going to be disappointed, which illustrates your point. Never assume it's yours. Right. It could be a donkey's. That's right. It could belong to a wayward donkey. I think all things in life you should approach that way. Like, as you go through life, think of like, oh, I love this Dodge that I drive. No, it's the donkey's Dodge. (laughs) You don't know. I didn't sleep well last night. I got punched in the head. And now, that thing in the middle. Let's conduct a little experiment here on the Box of Oddities. I want you to answer the questions that I ask. I have four questions. Just answer them out loud. Are you ready? All right. What's one plus four? That's correct. Five. What's two plus five? That's correct. Seven. What's seven minus three? Correct again. The answer is four. Can you name a vegetable? That's correct. Carrot is a vegetable. You said carrot, didn't you? Well, the odds were pretty good. For some reason, 90% answer the fourth question with carrot. Go ahead and try it with your friends or your enemies if you're feeling dangerous. I've been going through some of your things while you were listening in the other room, and I just have to ask, can I wear this? This is the Box of Oddities. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. You know, as your kids get older, there are some things about parenting that gets easier. I remember once hearing my sister tell my little niece, if you put your pants on, I'll give you some Fresca. And when kids can start to reason that they get something, if they do something right, it's a lot easier to manage them. Having that conversation about money with your kids, that's not the easiest thing in the world. Fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money until they're actually in charge of it. And that's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made just for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on the kids' spending and savings. While kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Your kids will learn how to save, invest, and spend wisely thanks to the games that teach kids skills in a fun, accessible way. 
when I was a kid, I had expected chores and then I had bonus chores. And bonus chores were where I earned money. And so if you're thinking like, hey, my kids should be doing stuff around the house. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. But maybe there's extra ways that they can learn how to be a successful financial money person. What was one of the bonus chores that you had to do? (sighs) Rub my mom's feet. And what did that pay? I don't know, like a quarter or something. Millions of parenting kids are learning about money on Greenlight. It's the easy, convenient way for parents to raise financially smart kids and families to navigate their life together. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash oddities. That's greenlight.com slash oddities to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash oddities. I've got to tell you, the longer we've had our Aura frame, the more I love it. I have kids, and they live about 3,000 miles away, and my daughter is expecting a child, and she has been sending me updates on her baby bump through the Aura frame. And since I can't be there to experience it with her, it's the next best thing. And speaking of mothers, if you're looking for the perfect gift to celebrate your mom in your life... Aura Frames are beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames. It allows you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and super easy to share photos with the Aura app. And here's the thing, if you're giving Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. We love Aura Frames and living so far away from family, thanks to Aura, it's the next best thing. It's like, it's like almost being there. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Box of Oddities freaks can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code Oddities at checkout to save. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com and use code Oddities at checkout and you will save thanks aura frames for bringing my family a little bit closer want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money well i've got the podcast for you i'm sean piles and i host nerd wallets smart money podcast on our show we help listeners like you make the most of your finances i sit down with nerd wallets team of nerds personal finance experts in credit cards banking investing and more we answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Support for The Box of Oddities is provided in part by listeners like you on Patreon. You can support us too. Go to patreon.com slash boxofoddities. Thank you. The Box of Oddities with Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth. Christelle sent us an email. Christelle? Yeah, it's spelled like crystal, but it says pronounced Christelle. Christelle says, I'm having a rough decade this year. (laughs) I hear you. Uh, The community on Facebook has been truly wonderful. Christelle's talking about... um, 
the Freaks Box of Oddities group. Yesterday, I asked for a boost. Now, will you explain what a boost is? So our podcast name initials are B-O-O. Box of Oddities. So uh, people on the group refer to an opportunity to lift others' spirits as a boost. And then it's B-O-O, capital B-O-O. S T. Wait, be- yeah. how do you spell boost? Yeah, that's right. Okay, it's become it's it's become kind of a big thing, and it, and it all just kind of happened organically, which is wonderful. Anyway, Christel said yesterday I asked for a boost, requesting memes and pet photos. I've received countless adorable photos of chickens, cats, and dogs, and even a pair of axolotls. More than that. I've had people directly message me to reach out, even though I had said the bad stuff was too huge to lay on someone else. That's way more than I would have asked for. I truly believe the warmth you both put into your work has built this beautiful community of freaks, and I thank you for it. Um, May your festive times be warmer than a pre-cooked and prepared pork taint. (laughs) Signed, Crystal, pronounced Christel. Um, That was really nice. And that is something that we have noticed uh, recently, the the boost thing. And I don't think that I, there's much that I've liked more in my life mm. in, than seeing people just kind of rally around and be like, all right, well, you're sad. Here's a picture of a donkey that owns a Dodge. You know, <laughs> it's been really nice. What kind of a Dodge would a donkey drive? Because clearly they would need a convertible, you know, because the headspace. So... Like a does a charger? Is there a, a convertible, convertible charger? charger? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to look into that. Plus, would a donkey drive an automatic or a stick? I'm thinking a stick because he just seems sporty, rugged, and old school. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a convertible with a manual transmission. That's what I'm thinking. That's a very four, specialized vehicle. Four on the floor. Sure. Any hoozle, what you got for me? It's 1986, and an event was being held in Cleveland in an attempt to break a Guinness World Record. The United Way of Cleveland organized this spectacular stunt for fundraising and publicity. The goal was to release two million balloons. Children sold sponsorships to benefit United Way at the price of a dollar for every two Balloons. And this was 1986. Six, yes. Okay. Um, tell me if you recall any of this business um, as as we go. So far, no. No. Okay. So word on the streets of Cleveland uh, were that these balloons were biodegradable. So good news there. So at the time, the record for biggest simultaneous balloon launch was held by Disneyland. And that had set the record uh, the year before in 85 for the park's 30th anniversary. Now, according to Gizmodo, uh, the guy from the United Way who planned this was in marketing at Procter & Gamble. And they were trying to rebrand Cleveland as being like cool and hip. And so they were like, we're going to get in the Guinness Book of World Records. This is going to be awesome. We're just going to release a bunch of balloons. It's going to look amazeballs. You're not even believe it. So the stunt was coordinated by Balloon Art by Treb, which was a Los Angeles-based company. Okay. They okay. spent six months prepping for this event. Oh, my God. Yeah. So 
on Public Square, they arranged for this structure, which was about a, the size of a city block, to be erected, and it was covered with a big mesh net. And so beneath that, inside the structure, were about 2,500 volunteers. Oh, my God. And they were all using uh, helium Tanks. canisters sure. to, to fill up balloons. They worked uh, for hours filling balloons with helium. Uh, the goal, as I said, was 2 million. So... Even with 2,500 volunteers, that's like 800 apiece. So volunteers were largely high school kids, and they were encouraged to take no more than 20 seconds per balloon. So grab the balloon, (sighs) fill it up, tie it up, release it into the net. High school kids, you know they're going to be inhaling that. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, fingers became numb. Medical tape was handed out to stop bleeding. It got pretty intense inside the net. Unfortunately, the weather forecast changed pretty rapidly uh, with a rainstorm approaching about the time that they were expected to release these balloons. And so organizers decided that an early release was appropriate. And so at about 1.50 p.m., they decided they were going to launch these balloons. So it's September 27th, as I said, 1986, and it's 1.50 p.m., and they're like, this is it. We're going to break this record. It's going to be amazing. The volunteers are jazzed. They've been told that they're going to be a part of history. Mm -hmm. Everyone's so excited. Okay. Because of the early release, they only ended up getting about 1.5 million balloons ready to go. Um, But... When they let go of that net, 1.5 million balloons rose up from Cleveland's public square surrounding Terminal Tower and surpassing a world record set, as we said uh, the year before, by Disneyland. The balloons, like a giant cloud, rose over the square while others tumbled and danced against the buildings. The crowd loved it. It was beautiful. It looked like confetti going up. That was great. Totally awesome. I was surprised. I loved it. It was so They were really enthusiastic about this balloon launch, guys. What, what did he say? They bounced and tumbled? They bounced and tumbled. Against the building. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, <laughs> that, by the way, uh, audio from Headline News. Exceptional. The video is wonderful. And if you can track it down, watch it because these young girls are like losing their minds. It's like they're seeing NKOTB for the first time. <laughs> they're wearing scrunchies and they have acid washed denim you jackets. Know it. Yeah. So the expectation was that the balloons would spread every which way. The glorious confetti like spectacle dispersing like a child's dream as they slowly <laughs> reemerge from a blissful slumber. Uh-huh. Uh, but instead, uh, because of the weather change, uh, the, the rain and the cold front, um, the balloons, instead of staying aloft long enough to be fully deflated before coming back to Earth, uh, the airborne debris clouded the sky and was stopped by cool air and rain. So they started dropping toward the ground, still <laughs> inflated. Did people run screaming like hordes of panicked youngsters in acid-washed denim? The balloons shut down a local airport. One of the pilots describing the situation as akin <laughs> to flying through 
an asteroid field. Oh, my God. It interrupted traffic. Several collisions were reported as drivers swerved to avoid slow-motion blizzards of multicolored orbs. Or uh, (laughs) because people were gawking at the spectacle of it, were not paying attention to the road, and were crashing into other drivers. This is according to Cleveland.com. Wow. Also, the situation was terrifying animals. A number of the balloons landed on a pasture in Ohio, which spooked some Arabian horses owned by a woman. And the horses were injured within their stampede to get away from these giant masses of balloons. Yeah, no, it's not good. Um, This woman ended up suing the United Way for $100,000. And uh, that matter was... Settled under undisclosed terms, by mm-hmm, the way. Mm-hmm. Most tragically, two fishermen had gone out onto the water and were Wait, reported missing. The balloons weren't responsible for the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. No, but oh, okay. these two fishermen who were stranded in the water, the Coast Guard search and rescue helicopter crew was not able to reach the area that they were lost in because of the huge number of balloons. The team tried to spot the fishermen floating in the lake, but guard officials said that the balloons in the water made it impossible to determine what were balloons and what were people. Oh, my God. They had to abandon their search for these men, and the fishermen's bodies were eventually found washed up on the shore because Coast Guard officials were unable to assist. Oh, no. The wife of one of the fishermen sued the United Way of Cleveland and the company that organized the balloon release for $3.2 million. That case was also settled on undisclosed terms. A huge number of dollars were lost because of this event. It ended up losing money rather than gaining money because of what they had to uh, pay out in lawsuits and the damage that the balloons caused. Now, a 1988 copy of the Guinness Book of World Records does recognize the event as the largest mass balloon release ever with one million four hundred twenty nine thousand six hundred forty three balloons launched my guess is that record will stand forever after those lawsuits yeah um a spokeswoman for the united way jenna snyder was quoted in an article not long after uh this event saying we would not do a balloon launch ever again yeah yeah i got most of this information from wikipedia from gizmodo from mashable and from cleveland.com absolutely look at the photos i mean obviously i'm going to post some of them on social media but they're incredible and also terrifying and until i found out that they were biodegradable balloons Mm. i was pissed oh yeah but (laughs) but um it's it is a sight to behold it's really quite remarkable and i mean except for the mayhem yeah yeah that it caused yeah yeah Yeah. it sounds like an ill-conceived radio morning show stunt absolutely I worked with a guy who uh, decided to do uh, a fundraiser for uh, breast cancer awareness and research. And he thought it would be cool. He's a wacky morning show guy. Mm -hmm. He thought it would be cool to do a bit called Bras Across the River. Yeah. And so he had people donate all their used bras uh, for weeks or whatever. And... I'm not sure exactly how this raised money, but the idea was 
they would string the bras, they'd connect them all together mm-hmm. and string them across the river. And I think it was in Cincinnati or something. I'm not sure. But anyway, and it took hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bras. Sure. All of them used. Yeah. Few of them had been laundered. Can you imagine the smell of old underwear (laughs) (laughs) that in a heap is probably the size of a donkey driving a Dodge? Oh, my gosh. It's incredible. He said the the stench was overwhelming. That's really upsetting because you should be washing your bras more often. That's that's all I've got to say about that. Especially before you give them away. Come on. No, that's that sounds terrible. Though, even if they were laundered, I was reading a, a thing the other day about people's uh, interesting scent aversions. Mm-hmm. And someone was saying how they love the smell of laundry detergent, but they hate the smell of other people's laundry. Like mm. even fresh clothes to them smells like repulsive. Um, which Is it I, because I, it's a different detergent or just the idea that it's somebody else? No, they else's? love the smell of detergent. Right, like okay. the laundry aisle does it for them. Okay, okay. But the smell of laundry itself oh. is... But not their laundry, somebody else's that's laundry. That's right. Okay. I wonder if it's just you know, like your natural musk mixing in with... It's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I immediately after that, I started noticing like other people's smells and I was like, oh God, no, get rid of this. <laughs> Do not start hyper fixating on this. This will ruin your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember your mom stayed with us for a while and she thought she would you know, do something nice and uh, do our laundry. And I mm. came home to find her folding my underpants. Yeah. It was very weird. <laughs> it was the thought that counted. <laughs> oh, wanted to thank Cam. Oh, my gosh. Cam. I have never felt more snugly in my life. Cam sent us a beautiful uh, Christmas gift, and it was a hand-crocheted blanket and or or a throw it, it's it's bigger than an afghan but smaller than a blanket <laughs> yeah I it's would an Afa- it's an afghanket no it's it's an afghant it's an afghant it's a blank afghant i don't know it's what's nice about it is it's heavy as shit it's great it is so it feels like a weighted blanket it's amazing mm-hmm. and it's so cozy and uh came out of my laundry smelling wonderful <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> We've been cuddling with it hard. Yeah, that was really thoughtful. I can't Super. imagine the hours you put in and thank you in, so much in making that. And thanks to everybody who has been kind enough to send us cards and, and gifts this holiday season. That you know, totally unexpected and not necessary, but without question appreciated beyond words. We love it. We do. We look forward to seeing you guys next time. Until then, keep flying that freak flag. Fly it proudly, you beautiful freak. And so, let it be known that the box of oddities belongs to you, and its fate is in your hands. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com on Facebook at facebook.com slash box of oddities podcast on Twitter at box of oddities and Instagram at box of oddities podcast copyright 2020 all rights reserved. Do you love history, but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlewood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, 
and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. If you like this podcast, can we recommend another one? It's called Big Picture Science. You can hear it wherever you get your podcasts, and its name tells part of the story. The big picture questions and the most interesting research in science. Seth and I are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I am Molly, and I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us, and we have fun along the way. The show is called Big Picture Science, and as Seth said, you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts.